You are listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Midland, Texas. Redeemer Church is a gospel-centered missional family. If you would like to get more information or donate to this ministry, please visit www.redeemermidland.org. Well, welcome. Last uh, Sunday for Church in the Park. Uh, Thanks for those of you who have come and just uh, really, it's been a really fun time. I I hope that you've got to meet uh, some new people the last couple weeks. Uh, Just uh, real quick, we do have free snow cones. Redeemer's picking up the bill for those after the service, uh, but don't like wander up there and be asking for like a Route 44 snow cone. So kind of rein it in and let's get all the, all the people that want a snow cone one in a little bit. All the things will be up and running. Face paint, bounce house after the service. Um, If you are brand new, uh, maybe this is your first time to join us, maybe you've been around a couple weeks, or maybe a long time, but you've never let us know who you are, Uh, we would love to meet you. Uh, Your best shot is to go to that tent on your way out and meet with somebody from the Connections team, and they'll help you get a uh, Connections card filled out. Uh, So next Sunday, we will be back at Midland Christian School in our normal area in McGraw. We'll have two services, 9 and 1045. And for, uh, we're a portable church, so we set up, we tear down every week. And so for those of you who serve in the kids' area, any of you? For those of you who set up and tear down, for those of you who do connections and all the things, I hope you've enjoyed a little bit of a break these last few weeks. I uh, just wanted to communicate to you from the church that we're super grateful uh, to have a church that consistently serves. So thank you for that, and I hope you enjoyed some time off. And last but not least, if you consider Redeemer uh, your church home, would love to invite you to continue to give uh, to push the mission of Jesus forward. You can do that through our app. You can go to the website, or there's a giving box on the corner of the patio right up there underneath the awning. All right, um, if you have a Bible, and I hope that you do, Matthew chapter 18 is the parable that we're looking at this morning. Uh, these next um, uh, few weeks, we're going to continue in this series uh, that has been known as Parables in the Park. Uh, beginning next week, it will be called Parables in the Gym. Uh, but the, the parable that we're looking at today is from Matthew, uh, and it is about forgiveness. Have any of you ever been wounded, sinned against, or hurt by another human being? To which you would say, what a dumb question, of course, we have because we live on planet Earth and it happens. Uh, it's really a kind of a foolish question to even ask because uh, even a two or three year old could articulate that they had been hurt by someone, whether it's physically or emotionally. Uh, and when you are hurt by someone, which is inevitable in life, um, then the, the next uh, really fork in the road that you come to is if you're going to forgive someone that hurt you uh, or if you were not. Uh, Maybe it really was some type of physical injury, uh, probably more emotional injury. Maybe somebody uh, forgot you, uh, forgot an important day for you. Maybe someone has slandered you, uh, has said things that were not true, has lied about you to other people, uh, hurting you, damaging your reputation. Uh, Maybe someone has disrespected you. Maybe they have ignored you. Um, There are a lot of ways that we are hurt by people, uh, and it's inevitable. It's really a least common denominator for the human experience. And so I just I'm so grateful that Jesus deals with things that uh, really impact our our daily lives. So um, uh, forgiveness is an important thing. If it's inevitable that we're going to be be sinned against and hurt. And listen, sometimes it's it's on accident. Sometimes the people that are closest to us that love us the most will still accidentally hurt us. And we have got to learn to follow the way of Jesus and be people that are about forgiveness. Uh, Because listen, there's a lot at stake with being people that have truly and deeply learned how to forgive. Because, follow my train of thought here for a moment, if it's inevitable 
that, that we're hurt and sinned against. And then the only two options that we have then in life is to not forgive. And if we take that road, then really what ends up happening uh, is that um, uh, we, we become, two things happen. We become bitter and it's just inevitable that we'll end up alone. If we don't figure out what it truly means to forgive, it will be very difficult to navigate life without becoming very bitter and without not allowing people to come into our life because we know at some point they're going to hurt us. And so if we can't forgive, that's just the end of that road. Uh, the other option uh, is to learn to follow the way of Jesus and to be people that have learned deeply to forgive. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Jesus recommends we choose that option. But really, that's the only two options in life as we walk through life to grow bitter and to push people away or to learn how to forgive. Uh, Matthew 18, here's the setting uh, to the parable that Jesus is about to teach. Uh, we don't know where they were, but we know Peter was there uh, and we know that uh, Jesus was there. Peter, if you're new to the Bible, uh, new to church, he was one of Jesus's 12 what we call apostles or disciples or followers, that he was uh, teaching what it meant to be part of the kingdom of God and what it meant to follow Jesus, and they would eventually lead the New Testament church movement. So Peter was one of those 12, but he still had a, a few things that he was trying to figure out. And so this is what it says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Use your outside voice, and if you're ready, say ready. God's word says this, And then Peter, he came up and said to him, that is to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Now, sometimes like when you use the word brother, like most of you, if you use, use that word this morning, it's like a figurative brother or a spiritual brother that uh, another Christian is my brother in Christ. But like maybe Peter was using it that way. I kind of wonder if he wasn't using it literal because one of the other 12 was Peter's brother. Um, so kind of part of me because I have kids is like thinking like Peter's coming up. It's like, Jesus, like Andrew hit me again. How many times do I have to forgive my brother? I don't know if it was real brother, figurative brother. It doesn't matter. It all applies. He says, and I forgive him. As many as seven times. And he thought he was really, really pushing it. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And I'm curious as to what had just happened to Peter. Uh, maybe somebody had hurt him. Maybe somebody had lied about him. And so perhaps he was getting fed up with uh, forgiving this person. And so he poses this question to Jesus. And I honestly think uh, that Peter thought he was being very generous when he said, should I forgive this guy even up to seven times? Uh, which you and I, from our point in history and reading this, it's easy to kind of make fun of Peter uh, because we know what Jesus said after, right? Many of us know that Jesus comes back with a, no, like more like 70 times seven. Um, but if we're honest, I think functionally, we probably uh, think along the lines more like Peter, maybe than we think. Uh, I mean, for, for most of us, if the same person sinned against you seven times in a row, I think most of us would have a real problem, a real difficult time forgiving them. If someone betrays you and you forgive them, that's one thing. And then let's say the next week they do the exact same thing. And the next week they do the exact same thing. I think most of us would get frustrated around two or three. Agreed? Like two or three. That, that's, that's a lot to, to forgive someone. And so even though Peter's way off, he thought, and probably if we're honest, like seven times, that's a lot. 
That's a lot to forgive someone that keeps committing the same sin against us over and over and over. So we kind of uh, maybe tend to make fun of Peter a little bit, uh, but I think we're much more like him maybe than we'd like to admit, which means that the teaching that Jesus gives in this parable is perhaps much more applicable to us than we would imagine. And so that's the setting. Peter's been probably hurt. Uh, maybe he's forgiven a few times, but he's struggling. And he, he lays that out, and Jesus answers with this parable. Um, if you've been with us, you know a parable is a story that has been made up uh, with uh, very uh, accessible uh, themes and truths in the story to help us understand something that's true. So Jesus creates the parable, and it goes something like this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. That's the first person in this story, a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. He rules a kingdom. He has a lot of servants, uh, and maybe there's a credit line that he's extended to all of them. And so he decides it's time to square up, and he invites the servants in. It says, when he began to settle, one of his servants, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, uh, since you're not familiar probably with um, the monetary system of first century uh, Roman world and Jewish world, I'll explain two things that you need to know. One is denarii. Everybody say denarii. And two is a talent. Everybody say a talent. A talent, think about like a penny uh, or a very, very small um, measure of wealth. A t uh, or Sorry, a denarii. Uh, a denarii would be basically a day's wage for a day laborer in their time roughly Think one denarii, 10 to 20 cents, okay? Uh, a talent would have been, so if a denarii is one day for a, a day laborer's wages, a talent is 15 years of, 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 of the same pay rate extended for 15 years, which is a lot of money. And Jesus says this guy owed 10,000 talents, which if you do the math is basically 60 million denarii, or this guy was in debt 60 million days wages, which is a lot. Honestly, it's almost so much over the top that the numbers don't even matter. It would be like Jesus saying, there was a guy that owned, he, he owned the king a bazillion dollars. And, um, and then he, he keeps moving forward. So that, that's, the, that's the idea. 10,000 talents was an unbelievable sum. Jesus is going way over the top to prove his point. Verse 25. And since he, the man who owed the 10,000 talents, could not pay, his master, the king, ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. And so the servant, he fell on his knees imploring him, it means begging him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master, the king of that servant, released him and forgave him the debt. So he didn't extend his payment plan. He didn't cut it in half. He just said, you know what? Forget it. I'm wiping it off the books. But when that same servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is basically 20 bucks. And seizing him, and he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe me. So this fellow servant, he fell down and he pleaded with him. And if you notice, he says almost the same thing uh, to his Lord as the Lord did to his king. He fell down, he pleaded with him. He says, please have patience with me. I will pay you. And the man refused, and he went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported it to their master, to the king, all that had taken place. And then his master summoned him 
and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And then Jesus closes with a pretty, uh, pretty shocking, uh, pretty stark and very clear sentence. Jesus says to Peter, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. There are a few moments, actually a lot of moments, uh, if I'm being honest, uh, in the Bible when I just wish there was a picture uh, not like a picture like, you know, that somebody drew of the ark, but like a snapshot uh, that somebody was standing there the moment Jesus was teaching something with an iPhone to catch the moment, because I would love to have seen Peter's face when he walks up and he asked the question, my brother said, like he was the innocent one. He's like, my brother sinned against me. Should I forgive him seven times? And then Jesus tells this whole story and he gets to the end. He's like, and so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother. I would love to see Peter's face. He's like, Wow. That's not the answer that I was expecting. As I've worked through this text this week, obviously it's become very clear to me um, that we need to learn deeply about forgiveness, not just because um, it, it's the, the healthiest way to navigate life, but it's the way of following Jesus that represents the heart of God. Um, so through this text, I want to just pull real quickly uh, four things uh, about forgiveness that are not just theological, although they are, they are deeply, deeply practical because there is a chance this week someone will hurt you, someone will sin against you, someone will forget you, someone will slander you, someone will steal from you, and you'll need to put these things in action. Um, so if we're going to uh, talk about forgiveness, uh, I think it's only fair that we start by talking about God because quite honestly, uh, that's where Jesus begins. Um, so if you didn't pick up in the story, when Jesus opens up uh, the, the story of this parable and talks about a king, the king represents God. And so that's where uh, that's where Jesus starts. So that's where we'll start. So number one thing we need to know about forgiveness uh, is that God loves to forgive, is that just very simply in the story, in the parable and all throughout human history, God loves to forgive. That would be a fantastic place for somebody to say, amen. How many of you are glad that God loves to forgive? Like, he doesn't have to. We just kind of, like, maybe we take it for granted that, like, God has a predisposition that he, he loves to forgive people. He's been doing it since Adam and Eve. Uh, he loves it so much he was doing it. That, that's the whole point of the cross, is that Jesus was dying on the cross so that he could forgive us. Even Jesus on the cross, who is God in the flesh, uh, was laboring to get some of the last breath out of his lungs before he died for you and me. And he was saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even on the cross, Jesus was a desperately and actively forgiving people. You need to know that about God because some of you have been taught uh, about a different God that doesn't love uh, to forgive people, that's not quit to forgive people. Um, the God of the Bible loves to forgive people. Number two, this is important, God expects us, and by us I mean his disciples or his followers or those who have chosen uh, to, 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 to push their lives in. We're all in on Jesus and we want to follow him. God expects us to learn to forgive like God does. You see it in the last line of this parable that Jesus uh, says we, we, we need to be a people that learn how to forgive. Why is that? Um, because we, in a very special way, uh, are, 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 are God's 
you've heard this, this phrase, we're God's hands and feet. We represent God to the world. And so if we're supposed to represent a God that loves to forgive people to the world, then we desperately need to be a people that are forgiving because we want to represent God well. A Christian that cannot forgive is giving a false image of God to the world. We're acting much more like the second character in the story if we're a Christian and we refuse to forgive. We're, we're acting much more like the guy in the middle who's been forgiven an incredible amount, uh, but is just struggling to pay that forgiveness forward uh, to someone else. Uh, so God expects us, and he will help us, learn to forgive like him. Number three, when you are struggling and trying to forgive, which there are just some moments that uh, I, I just, I'm very honest up here. And uh, like there's some moments when forgiveness is not just the natural reaction to things. I don't know if anybody else uh, I was going to say in the room in the park uh, has ever felt that uh, where it's actually a labor and a work and a struggle that you're doing something that you maybe do not want to do. It doesn't feel fair that they should just get off and you're actively working and struggling to be like Jesus. In that moment, we kind of have two options. If we like I, they, they've hurt me, they've sinned against me. I want to forgive. I need to forgive. I'm trying to get my heart there because Jesus says if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, uh, here's two options. Uh, let's look at the first one. It was Peter's line of thinking. Okay, if you're struggling to forgive someone that's hurt you, uh, don't take the line of reasoning that Peter took, which was basically, Peter thought like this, how much should I forgive and how much have they hurt me? Right, that's the question that Jesus posed. He's like, my brother sinned against me. How many times do I need to forgive him? Uh, that's not gonna open up a big enough reservoir for you to forgive somebody that hurts you deeply. Because if you ask that question, I think you're continually going to struggle to forgive. So what is the better question? Instead of saying, how much have I been sinned against and how much should I forgive? A Jesus-like question is, how much have I been forgiven? Y'all with me? Not how much have I been sinned against, but how much has God forgiven me? That is a much better question because that opens up a much bigger reservoir of forgiveness. Because if that's the reservoir that you're going to have to pull from to forgive someone, uh, that I, I, know, I don't know if you know this or not, but that reservoir is very, very deep. And some of you, maybe you, you, did, you weren't aware of that. You didn't know that you had offended God deeply. Maybe you thought, I don't, you know, I, I, I sped on the way to church this morning, but that's about the extent of my, of my sin and violation towards God. Uh, and the Bible paints a picture that we're actually much more sinful and wicked than that, um, that we have... Uh, for most of our lives, just shook our fist in God's hand and says, you know, I, I'll make my own rules. I'll be my own God. I'll be about my own glory and my own agenda. Uh, and God has forgiven all of that if you're in Christ. And so the, like the, the, the amount, if you're a Christian, that you have been forgiven by God is much deeper than you will ever have to forgive someone else. Okay, so that's a better question to ask when you're struggling. It's not what have they done to me? It's not how many times have they done that to me. It's how has God treated me? How has he forgiven me? And therefore, I will go and live my life likewise. When you're struggling uh, to forgive, I think that's a better question to ask uh, because I think this is the, the theme that runs through this parable. It's that for people that are, have been forgiven uh, tend to be better at forgiving. 
forgiven people forgive people, right? You probably heard that before. Uh, people that think that God has not really forgiven them much, uh, maybe think that we haven't sinned that much, are really going to struggle to forgive other people. People that have been forgiven much uh, tend to forgive much. And the last thing that you need to know, number four, is that God forgives people who ask. Okay, God loves to forgive. Who does he forgive? He forgives people who ask for forgiveness. You see it in the parable both times. Uh, that when, in, the, in the beginning, it says that uh, he, couldn't, oh, he couldn't pay it, so his master ordered him to be sold, and he fell on his knees, and he implored him. He begged him. He says, have patience with me. 1 John 1, 9 says um, basically that God loves to forgive and he forgives those people who ask. It says that uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us of all unrighteousness if we simply ask. Okay, so for those of you who maybe you've come to the park this morning, maybe you've been thinking about like your things in life are not going well. You've been thinking about Christianity. Uh, forgiveness is such a monumental theme. Really, in a sense, that's what defines a Christian. A Christian is not somebody who's a good person. It's somebody who is forgiven. What makes somebody a Christian is when they realize they have sinned against God and they realize that God is a very patient, merciful, and forgiving God and they come to God through Jesus and say, God, please forgive me. And how? what percentage of those type of people does God forgive? 100%. Every single person, it doesn't matter how deep the sin has been, how, how, how deep the wickedness has gone, how far, how long you've strayed. When you ask God through Christ to forgive, He forgives every single time. That's part of His character. That's part of who He is. And for those of us that are like Peter, trying to navigate through life where we're being sinned against uh, often, uh, God, God wants to make us like Him. People that are very quick to forgive. That, that's, that's a better option than harboring bitterness and becoming uh, more and more lonely as we go through life. So I want to pray for us uh, just that this very short, very simple um, sermon that Jesus gave, that this parable uh, would, would really find a place to, to live in our hearts um, because that's something that we're going to need as we follow Jesus for the next many, many years. So let me invite you to bow your head to pray with me. Father, I, I, I don't know that there's anything more practical uh, than for you teaching us how to forgive. Uh, Father, I know that there's even been a lot of hurt uh, uh, among the people that are here this morning. God, some of it's been on purpose. Much of it has been accidental, but it all hurts. God, sin has broken the world, and we all carry um, the, the wounds of that. And so, Father, I pray that, um, that your heart might change our hearts, that you might truly help us often to reflect on what you've done and the depths that you have forgiven us. And I pray that that might change the way that we see those who sin against us. God, I pray that you would give us an incredibly deep reservoir of forgiveness for each other so that we might display your forgiveness to the world. Father, I pray this morning that for anyone in this park that has never truly bowed their heart and bent their knees towards you, the God of all creation who made them, uh, who they sinned against, Father, I pray that you might give them uh, the humility to, to come to you for forgiveness, knowing that you forgive every single one who asks. Father, I pray that today might be the mark of the beginning of their journey with you. God, thank you that you are patient and that you are kind and that there is no end to your forgiveness for us. Make us a kind of people that are like that. God, we love you. I pray that your spirit might fill us. God, as we sing this song,
these next few moments, I pray that not only would it come from our mouth, um, but truly would it come from our heart. Jesus, we love you. We need you. We thank you. And we praise you. Jesus, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Church. If you want to connect with us at Redeemer, we would love for you to visit us at a service in person or visit us online at www.redeemermidland.org.